This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, coming at you fast today on this Thursday, Veterans Day, November 11th, 2021. Off top, before we get into anything else into the show, I want to thank all the veterans out there. I want to thank all the active military out there. I want to thank all the families of veterans and active military out there because, well, you pay the ultimate sacrifice. You you give the ultimate sacrifice to allow knuckleheads like myself and Demond to come in here for a couple hours and be able to talk to you on the radio and talk some Raider football and just have a little bit of fun and uh, ultimately, like I said, give the ultimate sacrifice. So I uh, want to start off the show showing all the love and respect and, and salute to all the military uh, past and present. Veterans Day, it's amazing. There was a hell of a parade going on earlier downtown Las Vegas today. And just, again, salute to everyone uh, that has any kind of military background, military ties. And if you have the day off today, great. If you don't have the day off today, that's okay, too. And as me and Damon are here in the station... It is only me and Damon here at the station. <laughs> I mean, JT the Brick just blessed the airwaves, so that was great. He held it down, did his thing. Bobby was here uh, holding it down with him. And then immediately after that show was over, poof. This morning, Clay was here. Heidi was here. As soon as that show was over, poof, gone. And now it's down. We are the last of the Mohicans. It is myself, Damon, and Ari is across the hall. And Ari is on ESPN Las Vegas with uh, Cofield and Company. They're getting their thing started up. But really... There's not a whole lot around here, Damon. It's really just us, and it's really it's been the law firm of just us for pretty much feels like all morning long. Yeah, and it's gonna be there for the rest of the day. <laughs> it's kind of how it is on days like today, right? Nah, but it's fun. It's fun. It's just like we got the building to ourselves. Right, we do. And so we turned it around and had a Grimaldi's pizza party a little earlier. I say a pizza party. We literally ordered one pizza, but. It's still a pizza party. It could have been a party if you'd picked up the margaritas like I had asked. Man, if only restaurants would let you take the alcohol don't out they? of the restaurant. Don't they? All right, guys. Where don't they do that at? It's just like, hey, just Even ask, in just Texas. Ask. Even in Texas, they, they did. Let, they just let you take it out? I mean, you had, they packaged it and they'd let you go, but you could order like margaritas to go. Of course, obviously, I don't want their glass. You know, No, they could have put, put it nice... in a gallon jug for us and they could have brought it or we could have brought it to the radio station. You could have uh, transported it responsibly to the radio station. We could have been good. Just a margarita. It's not like I was trying to tell you to go. I mean, if we wanted to, we could have ran up to the liquor store and, and I handled was told our business. Over the phone, yeah, we don't have the authority to do that. And it's just like, <laughs> well, I, obviously, I don't either, I guess. Yes. Because I sure did try to get him oh, motivated. Oh, should, should I hit her with the, do you know who I work for? With that of, you like, know, that could have maybe worked. Do you know who's a spot? Like, you sponsor JT the Brick Show? <laughs> maybe start dropping some names? No, don't do that. <laughs> like, with that, though. That would have got messy real quick. <laughs> They'd been like, what are you guys trying to do? No, nah, we're just trying to have a good time, man. It's Thursday. Again, it's Veterans Day. We do want to salute all the veterans, but uh, it's kind of crazy when it's a, it's a holiday like today and nobody is in the building, so we tend to get a little crazy, and that's okay. Uh, that's what we're here for. It's a little crazy, and I'll tell you, on today's show, it's going to get a little crazy. Got a lot of uh, NFL news that's been rolling out all morning long. Matter of fact, the subject of the show today, I'm going to throw out a question, a topic, and I know there's not going to be a whole lot of phone lines time for you to get your calls in. You can uh, hit up the Sam and Ash text line at 691. 691- 187 keyword R&R and respond to this but early this morning Cam Newton 
He agrees to deal with the Carolina Panthers. He's back in Carolina with Matt Rule, and uh, that's a that's a hell of a thing right there because those guys, they, I mean, Matt Rule never coached Cam Newton. You know, it, one of the first things he did when he got there to Carolina was release him. So all of a sudden now, Sam Darnold's going to be out some multiple weeks, and so they went and uh, they go back to a source that they know in Cam Newton. So at the very least, there's going to be a lot of happy fans in Carolina. So Cam Newton's back in the league with the Carolina Panthers. Odell Beckham Jr., a lot of folks uh, wanted him to become a member of the Silver and Black. We had pretty much already talked about that that wasn't going to happen, even though hmm, maybe it could have been a dynamic situation. Instead, he chooses to go to the Rams, which to me is strange. I don't see the fit. And the only reason I don't see the fit is because they just released a wide receiver who wasn't getting any targets to sign a wide receiver that might not get too many targets. I I don't, I mean, look, I don't know what the motivation is. Besides, L.A. is a good market for him to be in. I know he's close with LeBron, and we all know what LeBron made his decisions and made his move to go to L.A. to to play with the Lakers. It wasn't just for basketball purposes. It was also for his brand, and I know that that's something people think about these days. So Odell Beckham Jr. is now a member of the Rams. Cam Newton's back with the Panthers, and Deshaun Jackson's a member of the Raiders. So, I mean, it's just like a... a, it's like a, a Ferris wheel goes round and round, and where it's going to stop is where it's going to be, and this is where these players are. What are your thoughts on that? Cam Newton, I'm glad to see him back. You know, reminds me, I know you're not a movie guy, but the Avengers line, Thanos, after all your failure, yeah, look where it brought you. Have no idea. Back here to me. <laughs> but, like, after all your failure, Carolina. <laughs> have no idea. <laughs> no, but after Carolina, right. yeah, oh, we, we yeah. don't need Cam Newton. We're right. going to start something new. That's true. Two years later. I feel, feel, yeah, two years later. Hey, Cam, would you, hey, you're not doing anything. Not anymore. even two full years. Sam Darnold's not yep. the guy we thought he was. Could you please come back? Right. Ten right. million dollars. I know it's not ten guaranteed, but hey, that's still. 10 I mean, that's million. a lot of. That's he, more than some certain quarterbacks are making now. He's guaranteed four and a half mil, and it's already week ten. I mean, that's that's not bad, man. That's a, a half nice, a season. That's of work. a nice bag for sitting at home, and you know he's not playing this week. Oh man, Woo, you're right, man. Chasing the bag, you know really. what I mean? He's getting the bag and could make up to ten million dollars. I know he's not going to get all that, but four and a half million guaranteed, and it's already week ten, and you're not playing this week. Woo. Come on, man. And OBJ, that's a fun one because I is saw it? some reports that is like, hey, man. We're like our pa- our pa- offense is pass pass first sixty five percent of the pass. Yeah, you're going to be single coverage. Hey, we got Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Hey, man, you're going to be living it up. Von Miller, his boy, right? Said, come on out here. I think you know it's a ring chase. Get that ring for one season and see what happens. We'll see what happens. I, mean, I don't Matt know Stafford, how that shakes out. Gonna, I, I've already been thinking about it. Matt Stafford is going to prove how average he is eventually in the playoffs. This reminds me of when the Eagles went all in, and remember they came up with the. Dream team, at least that's what they called it. They had no, Vince one Young. person said that. Well, I know, but it, it, yeah, but it was a person on the team. One player, one player on the team said and it, it was Vince Young. Yeah, exactly, and he the was back, the weakest link, the backup quarterback. <laughs> yeah, man, this is a dream team, bro. right? But all look, the- all the guys that were on the squad, none of them turned out to be. Remember, even Namdi. And that's when Namdi went from the Raiders to the, the Eagles, and my feelings were hurt because I was a big Namdi fan, and he didn't play worth a damn. Once he left the Silver and Black, he was never nothing. And that's not being disrespectful. That's being truthful. In Philly, they used him wrong, and then by the time he got to San Francisco, he was already washed. So his better days were in, in were with the Raiders in Oakland. But, uh, yeah, I remember Vince Young called it the dream team, and that dream didn't work out too well. It turned into a nightmare. So this kind of reminds me of that, but the <laughs> players, uh, I think there's a lot more talent there. We'll see exactly how it shakes out. So my question that I have that I do want to throw out there, and I would like to hear from you. we got a couple minutes before we take a break. 702-365-9200. Sam and text line at 69187, keyword R&R. ODB to the Rams. Cam Newton back to the Panthers. Deshaun Jackson to the Raiders. What move do you think is the best fit? Not which one do you like the most. Which one do you think is the best fit? 
Again, 702-365-9200 and Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Real quick on the show, coming up at 2.15, Rodney Harrison and the best fade in America. He's joining the show from NBC Sports, two-time Super Bowl champ, played with the Chargers and the Patriots. He'll be in Las Vegas Sunday night for the Raiders and the Chiefs. He'll join us in a matter of minutes at 2.15. At 2.45, Joe Valerio, former Chiefs offensive lineman. He now does podcasts, Believe in the Chiefs podcast. He'll join us at 2.45 to talk about the rivalry that is the Chiefs and Raiders. He played with the the Chiefs back in, uh, uh, what was it, 90 to 95. He played there while uh, Joe Montana was still there, so he, he played under Marty Schottenheimer, who we all know was a big time Raider hater. Couldn't stand uh, the silver and black and really, really uh, pumped up that rivalry that was. So we'll get Joe Valerio's thoughts coming up at 2.45. At 3 o'clock, my guy Dustin DeHart from Nova Home Loans. He'll join the show. He missed last week. He was uh, just kind of vacationing in uh, in, uh, in Mexico, so it must have been nice. You know, get out get out in the, uh, about a little bit and have a nice little vacation time. He'll join us at 3 o'clock. And then at 3.30, we'll close out our guest lineup with my guy Tim Truax. And you're probably thinking, who's Tim Truax? Tim Truax is my guy. As DeMond just shaked his, shook his head like, yeah, 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 give, give me an explanation. He is my guy. And I met him in Central Texas. He's a really good dude. He is a, a, a Navy veteran. And so, of course, with it being Veterans Day, that's how it all ties in. Big time sports fan. He's a guy that spent a lot of time at, uh, in Lemoore. He was stationed in Lemoore in, uh, in Central California. And so we have a lot of ties that are very similar. Uh, one of his, his kids lives in Fresno right now, so representing that 559. And so Tim will join us. We'll, you know, we'll talk about his, his service for the, to the country, uh, which, of course, is Veterans Day. So we definitely want to uh, salute to that. And then also we'll talk, some, uh, we'll talk some football, talk some sports. He has a nice uh, foundation that he does for veterans. So we're going to talk about that. And then we'll have to touch, get a little early preview on uh, Cowboys Raiders Thanksgiving in uh, in Big D in Dallas. So uh, that's the lineup right there. Those are the guests that we have coming up on the show today. Again, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Sam and Ash text line, hit us up because we do have a guest coming up next. 69187, keyword R&R. Odell Beckham Jr. to the Rams. Cam Newton back to the Panthers. Deshaun Jackson to the Raiders. What move do you feel is the best fit? Let us know about it. It's Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Pleased to have now on the phone line, two-time Super Bowl champ, played safety in the NFL for a very long time. And now you see him on NBC Sports, and that's Rodney Harrison. And Rodney, thank you for your time. And before we get started, I got to take you back to a conversation that my man Damon and myself had yesterday here on the show. And I was talking about the last time I talked to you in person. We met in San Francisco at Super Bowl 50 Radio Row. And right before I let you go from our conversation, I said, hey, Rodney, you have the best fade in America. I really respect your <laughs> hair game. Do you remember that conversation? I do. I do remember that conversation. I was awfully nice of you to say, Tim. I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, no doubt. And I, I told the guys yesterday, I said, hey, I really respect the, the hair game. And, and, and I remember you told me specifically, it takes a lot of money to have my fade this tight. So I could appreciate that, my man. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, man. Looking forward to seeing you on the field on Sunday. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's get into Sunday's game. It's a it's a fun-looking game on paper. And, of course, the two teams, old-school rival, the Chiefs and the Raiders. Uh, the Chiefs haven't been playing the way that everyone expects them to play. They're sitting there at 5-4 and four right now. What have you seen as the biggest issue with Kansas City so far this season? Well, I think it's a combination of things. I think offensively, we're, we've gotten to the point where we're so used to them seeing – we're used to seeing them make big plays and, and do some incredible things on the offensive side of the ball. 
But right now, Patrick Mahomes, he's not playing with a lot of confidence. Um, teams are defending them a lot different, keeping two safeties back, trying to force them to you know pass the ball underneath. And I think Andy Reid, the main thing that Andy Reid has to do is he has to do a better job of being patient and running the football. If teams are going to play you with two safeties high, that means that's one less guy in the box. You have to run the ball and take a, a, try to alleviate some of that pressure off of Patrick Mahomes. And, and Patrick Mahomes has been turning the ball over, and I know some of it's gone off his wide receiver's hands or Travis Kelsey's hands. I get that. But it seems to me, Rodney, that he seems to, to press a little bit if they, get, if they get behind early. Is that what you're seeing as well? Yeah, yeah, and that's a good point because and he, he's admitted that. He says, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking times I'm trying to do too much, and that's what happens. And let me tell you, this is National Football League. You come in this – you come in this league, you have a great amount of success. You're MVP, you're winning Super Bowls, you're taking your team, you're doing a great job. But this is National Football League, and teams are going to make adjustments, and they study, and guys get paid a lot of money to slow you down. So to me, this is no surprise that he's going through a, a period of struggles because, hey, man, this is the NFL. It's Nothing comes that easy. So I'm just, you know, right now is an opportunity for him to continue to grow as a quarterback and stay patient. That's the one thing I want you to pay attention See if he forces the ball because he says, you know what, I'm going to continue to take shots down the field. I'm going to continue to be aggressive. And that's when the Raiders have to make them pay when you're throwing the ball down the field. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And, you know, we, we talk about the Super Bowl hangover and how that's a real thing. And it looks like Kansas City is dealing with that right now. They went out and they, they put together a new offensive line after, well, Patrick Mahomes had to run for his life in the Super Bowl. It hasn't looked like it's gelled yet. It, it, how much of that is, is the offensive line hasn't gotten to where it needs to be so far? Well, I think it's a combination. Patrick Mahomes, when you watch him play, seems lucky he's still running around with somewhat of a gimp. It's not like he's 100%. That has um, something to do with it. And, of course, when you start a center, your right guard, your right tackle, they're all rookies, it's going to take an adjustment period. It's going to take some time for those guys to really start trusting and believing. And to me, when you're watching them on film, it seems like they're starting to gel. You know, with Josh Jacobs running the football, it seems like they're doing a pretty good job of, you know, of – you know, um, running the football and, you know, gelling together. So I look for nothing but better things for these guys. It's been, what, nine games or ten, ten weeks or whatever it's been. And I just, you know, I, I look forward to them continuing to get better. Talking right now with Rodney Harrison from NBC Sports. You can find him on the broadcast this Sunday Night Football. Uh, Chiefs and Raiders, Allegiant Stadium here in Las Vegas. going to be a lot of fun. And on the Raiders' side of things, Rodney, they've dealt, dealt with so much off the field, and it's only you know going into Week 10 right now. Have you ever seen a team have so much adversity off the field, and it's not even really halfway through the season for them yet? Well, you know, I've, I've really admired um, how the Raiders, their car in particular, how he's handled the situation you know, I mean, as the starting quarterback, a lot of that pressure and attention falls on you. And the way he stood up there and the way he's been accountable and he's, you know, he stood up there and, and talked and in the face of adversity, I'm really proud of his mental toughness. I'm proud of the leadership that he's shown. And to be able to go out there and continue to lead your team and play football, it's tough, man, because one of your brothers, you know, some, you, know you don't know what's going to happen to your brother. Right. You don't know if he's going to jail. You don't know what's going to happen. So that's always a concern of yours. And then to go out there, you lose your head coach. And just the pressure of everybody asking you questions, looking at you, and he's done a wonderful job of leading them. And I, I can't speak highly enough about Derek Carr and the way he's um, conducted himself. You know, and you've been on some teams with some big-time leadership as well as your leadership. And, and so in the locker room, what are those conversations like with a Derek Carr, with a Max Crosby, with those guys that are expected to be the on-field leaders? 
yeah. And they say, you know what, guys, certain things we can't control out there. You know, we can't control certain things and decisions and, and, and you know, choices by people. But what we can control is how we approach, how we prepare even every single day, how we go out there and practice, how much enthusiasm we're, we're, you know, we're watching tape and watching film and how much we're learning. So those are the things that you can control. Let's focus on the things that we can control and go out there and continue to win football games. Earlier this week, the Raiders made it official. They signed Deshaun Jackson. He's a 14-year vet. I think he'll play a little bit on Sunday. Uh, what do you think that at this stage of his career Deshaun has that he could bring to the table for the Raiders? When he's healthy, he can make plays. When he's hurt, he can't make plays. And that's the thing. It's a flip of a coin. You might get two or three games out of him, you know, and then all of a sudden he pulls his hamstring. He's out for the next six, seven weeks. Right. That's the flip of the coin. That's the thing that you're dealing with any time that you deal with Deshaun Jackson. And for me, you know, I have a lot of respect for what he's accomplished. He can still run. He can still make plays. But you got to be on the field. If, you can, if, you're not on a, if you're not practicing, if you're not out there playing, and you're not healthy, it makes no sense. So I just think it's a flip of the coin. Yeah, no, that that is the that's the reality of it. But uh, as I mentioned, he's a 14-year veteran. Of course, he doesn't know the whole playbook yet. But do you feel like it's a situation where Derek Carr could say, "Hey, this is your responsibility on this play. Go ahead and make that happen." Absolutely, Derek Carr is a leader. Just like you know, I've had Tom Brady as my quarterback. I play with some uh, uh, with and against some really good quarterbacks, and that's what you do. If you get a guy, if I get a, a, a secondary guy that comes in and he doesn't quite know. I would say, hey, man, you lock on your guy. If he goes in motion, you go with him. You know, you kind of tell right. him what to do, and then you just naturally let, you know, let, let him make plays. And I think that's what's going to happen with Deshaun. They're going to take some shots down the field with Deshaun, but, but also you know, just getting him involved in the game, getting the crowd excitement, excited, and also sending a message to Kansas City's defensive backs that, hey, you know, we're going we're gonna to be aggressive. We're going to throw the ball down the field, and we're going to see what happens. Talking right now with Rodney Harrison from uh, NBC Sports here on NSA Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond had a question he wanted to ask you. Yeah, Rodney, the Raiders, they play cover three higher than any team in the league at 61%. How does, yep. this, how does this Kansas City team, like that offense, how do you think it'll fare against this heavy cover three scheme? Well, I mean, one of the things about cover three, and I was a cover three expert, the one thing that hurts you in cover three is verticals, vertical routes. You know, and that's what Patrick Mahomes sees. He sees, he's not stupid, he's going to look at that tape and he sees all his cover three, and that's why he said he's going to continue to take shots. When you run four and five verticals, that's the most difficult thing for a cover three defense to try to defend, and I think you're going to continue to see that. But, yeah, but what I would like to see, Gus, is evolve your cover three a little bit, okay? You got four good, really, you know, guys that can get to the quarterback and they're very active up front. But what if you brought Jonathan Abram and you start bringing him – He's a really good player, but you're not including him in the defense. He has to be, make more plays. I would like to see him play a little bit more like Jamal Adams, where he's blitzing, he's making negative plays in the backfield, he's putting pressure on the quarterback. I like Jonathan Abram, but it's just he's not making enough plays for the type of talent that he has, and that falls on his defense coordinator. I like that you mentioned Jonathan Abram. I was going to ask you about him, but I also wanted to ask you about the rookie, Trayvon Merrick out of TCU. He's playing that that uh, the last line of defense, really. He's playing that Earl Thomas role in this defense. What have you seen from Trayvon Merrick so far in his career? You know, smart and patient, a good tackler in the open field, and a kid that's just going to continue to develop. I mean, you, when you're around, um, you know, when you're around really good football players like a Max Crosby, like uh, um, in Gagway, you know, those are the guys that you kind of look at and you see their work ethic, you see their level of preparation. 
And you say, you know what? I want to. I'm, I'm going to continue to do that. But I'm also excited about Casey Hayward. Mm-hmm. You know, right. you know, everybody has a tendency to look at numbers and interceptions, but who's playing better football than him? You know, I mean, he's playing great football. He's not giving up a lot of big plays. He's he's a quiet leader, and he's been very consistent. So I like what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball. I actually like what the Raiders are doing. They're starting to really build themselves into a good quality football team. And you just see, let me just say this, you see the level of freeness that Derek Carr is playing with since John Gruden has gotten fired. Imagine John Gruden all over you every single play. Did you see that? Did you see that? Now he doesn't have to worry about that. He can come to the sideline. He can talk it over with his offense coordinator and keep it moving. So it just seems like, you know, some pressure has been relieved off his shoulders as well. Yeah, no, a lot of people have pointed that out as soon as, uh, you know, as soon as Derek Carr and Rich Basaccia in, in particular taken over as the interim head coach. And I, I wanted to ask you uh-huh. about Rich Basaccia. He's been around the league for a very long time. A lot of players uh, swear by him like he's the guy and they'll run through a wall for him. Uh, what do you know about Rich Basaccia and what have you seen from him since he's taken that head coaching role? <laughs> I don't know anything about him, but I know one thing. When you've been coaching in the NFL for 30 years, that people have a lot of respect for you and a lot of people like you. Right. Okay, to continue to get um, opportunity after opportunity. And this is the sw- special sweet thing about a special teams coach. Everybody's cool with the special teams coach. You know why? Because as a starter, as a backup, you always got to play special teams. But the special teams, you know, coach, he's real cool with the starters. Or, Come on, man, we need you over here. So <laughs> people respect special teams coach. This guy seems like he's cool. He can relate to the players. He's just a normal guy. And that's, at the end of the day, that's what – players want players want somebody that's going to respect them be honest with them and be empathetic with them because players go through a lot absolutely we're talking right now with two-time super bowl champ rodney harrison here on unnecessary roughness radio nation radio 920 just got a couple more questions for you as far as the afc west goes every team is knotted up at five they all have five wins i mean i haven't seen a season like this where a division has looked like this in a very long time who do you think is the real deal teams in this division and who do you think may fall off <laughs> Hey man, we will see Sunday. <laughs> All right, we got we got two quality teams that I'm really pumped up about, man. It's really nice to see the Raiders in contention. It's good to see the Raiders playing well on offense, defense. You know how it just com- can compete. It's it's really good, and it's good to see Kansas City struggle a little bit. You right, know, just to right. see what their team is made up of and what their leaders are made up of, and Patrick Mahomes and how he's going to come out. So, as a football player and as a fan, I'm sitting back. You know, not because I don't like Kansas City or anything like that, but I just want to see how these players and these teams kind of work themselves out of these situations. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, final question for you, Rodney. Uh, Big news came out of uh, the NFL today. Cam Newton, he's back in the league. He's back with Carolina. That took a lot of pride to swallow right there on both parts. You know, Matt Rule and Cam Newton. What did you think about that news? Well, I don't think it's necessarily about pride. I mean, he's signing a, a deal to go in there and play quarterback. 10 million bucks and four and a half million guaranteed. So that's a nice little payday for Cam right, after right, sitting right. on the couch. Uh, but, you know, quite honestly, it doesn't do much for me, you know, because he's been sitting out and mm-hmm. now you expect a guy that's been sitting out the last two months to come in and really make a difference on your team. Whereas you had Sam Darnold, you, you, you said, Sam Darnold is my guy. Right. That's what you said as a head coach, as an organization. And you brought him over here. You started off um, well, now you're struggling, and he's, he's playing terrible. So what do you do in the future? You know, you gave up a lot to get him. What do you do? So I just – this sounding doesn't, really doesn't do anything for me. Cam's not the same player. He can't run the way he used to run. Right. But, you know, he's going he's gonna to be hungry. He's going to come in. He's going to bring a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm. We'll see where it goes. But, 
it really didn't do much for me, quite honestly. I hear you. I hear you. There's going to be a lot of number one jerseys in the stands. That's what it'll do. <laughs> you know, it'll, it'll <laughs> put some more jerseys in That's the stands. That's right, brother. Yeah, buddy. Well, Rodney, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it, man. It's always great to catch up with you. And can't, forward, uh, can't wait to see you on uh, Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Hey, man, sounds good. Thanks for having me. Talk to you soon. Absolutely. There he goes. Rodney Harrison, uh, two-time Super Bowl champ right there, played with the Chargers, played with the Patriots, and uh, works for NBC Sports and does a fantastic job, uh, like picking his brain. Uh, Big-time safety right there. And he got gave a lot of love there, DeMond. Gave a lot of love to the Silver and Black and talked about the Raiders as contenders. And so for everyone who hit me up on uh, on uh, Wednesday and said, oh, Rodney's a Raider hater. Didn't sound like he was too, <laughs> it didn't sound like he was hating too much there. No, it sounded like he liked him. And I like that cover three question I asked where it's just yeah. like, made me feel confident about this defense against that Chiefs that Chiefs offense. It, it, it made me feel confident about the defense, but it also made me feel like they do need to switch some things up because if they stick with just old hat, cover three, and don't go and do anything else, it could be a long day at the office. So I do think and I have confidence that Gus Bradley will do some other things, switch some things up, play a little bit of that cover two scheme. I think he'll get creative. I forgot to tell Rodney Harrison the DBs win games. Damn it, call him back. <laughs> just call him back. <laughs> Rodney, I'm sorry, I forgot. I talked about the hair, but I forgot to mention DBs win games. You're not gonna call him back? No, no, uh, just just the D, just like, hey Ronnie, yeah. DBs I win just games. wanted to call you back and tell you the DBs win games. That's it. I can't get that. Next time, next time. Next time. Next time. I'll, I'll tell him on Sunday at Allegiant. Exactly. All right, DBs win games. <laughs> That'll work. Well, my, many thanks again to Rodney Harrison. Appreciate that. And DeMond, great job getting him on the show. That's the way to start things off, baby. That's how we roll. This is a Thursday. It's Veterans Day. Unnecessary roughness. Raider Nation Radio, 920. Give me your best. What's up, Raider Nation? This is uh, Hall of Famer Tim Brown. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Hall of Famer Tim Brown, and you're listening to Raider Nation 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Got to give big ups to my guy Rodney Harrison from NBC Sports who joined us in the last segment. It was awesome. 15 minutes of great football breakdown in preparation of Sunday Night Football's game. Raiders, Chiefs, Allegiant Stadium. Prime time action. Very excited about that, but uh, definitely enjoyed that interview. Lil Al Davis hit us up on Twitter. That was an amazing interview with Rodney Harrison by Q and Damon. The breakdown was awesome. Hashtag Raider Nation. Hashtag clean fade. Yes, absolutely. I agree 100%. The fade is what really sets it all off. Still mad that you didn't call him back, though. So I could tell him the DBs win games. I will say that, Demond. But you know, you're talking about this we need to hey, stay on time you, thing and all this. But that's the that's the beauty of like when he said, "See you on the field." Right. That's that's the, that's the conversation starter. Right. Hey man, I forgot to tell you. That's right. DBs Boom. win games. But then he'll sound like you know I've already complimented the hair and you know I mean. But then he'll see me and he'll be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I could tell Q has some DB in him." So yeah, it's all good. Nah, and then he'll, you know, he'll he'll compliment your haircut. Probably not. You know, <laughs> no, I am. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get. I'm gonna go get tightened up on Saturday. We've been talking about this fade. I gotta go get tightened up on Saturday. Speaking of tightened up, my guy, Passionate Raider, he can st- tighten everything up. Seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. Passionate Raider, what's on your mind? Did you did you hang up on him? Oh, now you ain't calling nobody back. Pastor Raider, you there? Yeah. There you are. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. What's happening, man? What's happening? Chilling, man. How you doing? Hey, Saturday's my day, too. One thirty. Me and all three boys, we're going to get fresh cuts, too. So, And that's what the barbershop's called, fresh cuts. There you Benny. go. That's what's happening. Man, you kind of blew me when I had to hear Rodney Harrison come on there, man. I was never a Rodney fan, man. My greatest moment of Rodney was when that dude caught that ball one-handed on his helmet right <laughs> on him. Right. I loved it because all the years Rodney gave us hell. 
But um, but yeah, man, it was a great interview. Great, 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 great interview, man. And um, I got a question for you, man. How did you get in? How, how did you get into doing this radio? To, to your radio, into the Raider radio. Have you been a lifelong Raider fan, or did it just come along? And then or, I was just curious about that. And another thing, how was how was how was the Rams able to keep doing this? How was this allowed? How was this legal? <laughs> Good stuff. How? Right, right. Hey, great, great call, passionate Raider. I like that. Let's address the Rams situation first. They can't keep getting away with this. Hey, man, they keep printing money, right? They keep printing money. I mean, look, when teams look like they're a certain way, and they have an expectation. You know, everyone's talking about Super Bowl or bust for the Rams. These veterans that they keep signing, some of these guys are going to take deals that are going to work for that team so they can they can make it work. And they're moving some stuff around. I mean, they they have people that can make things work. I mean, all teams have those guys. It just depends on what they want to do. The Rams, what they have chosen to do and what they show, they don't care about early draft picks, and they don't mind pushing money around and moving money around. And basically, they don't mind pulling out the black card, using the credit card, knowing that you got to pay it off later. They don't mind that because that's what makes the world go round anyway. You know what I mean? Like, if you look at it, so many times the New England Patriots, they're up against the salary cap every year. For the most part, there's been a couple of years where they've had plenty of salary cap, but they'll they'll be up against it, and they don't care. They don't care about oh well, next year we'll have 58. They don't care. Teams, some teams will just get it done, and then they'll figure it out. And if they have to move money around, and then it it it, it goes to their cap the next season, they don't care because they want to win this season. All that matters is what they're doing right now. As far as me, I've been yeah, I've been a Raider fan my whole life, and that's all it ever was was just me being a fan in the barbershop talking trash, and. You know, I, I, at one point, my guy James Arcelana out in out in Oakland gave me an opportunity to be on a, a podcast with him, the Black Hole Banter, and that turned into me being on the Lockdown Raiders podcast while I was doing a radio, sports radio in Central Texas, ESPN Central Texas, and then I started doing uh, this show, matter of fact, with uh, Scott Goldbranson when it was, uh, what, Silver and Black Today, that's what it was called, it was the same time slot, two to four, and then he left, and well... One thing led to another, and I end up here. So that's a lo- that's a quick story. <laughs> I can give you the long, drawn out one on one of those days I have four hour show. But uh, that's pretty much how it happened. Let's go real quick out to uh, the phone lines one more time and hit up our guy Raider six one nine. What's on your mind? What's up, fellas? Hey, I just want to uh, give a shout out and a uh, big thanks to all the veterans out there. My father was in the Air Force, and when he passed away, we buried him out in uh, Boulder City. So thank you for that. <clears throat> and. Uh, Hello? Yeah, I'm here with you. Okay. Um, and to answer your question, uh, what's the best deal? I mean, I can't believe I'm agreeing with Rodney Harrison, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, Deshaun Jackson, um, it's, it's boom or bust. You know what I mean? If he's healthy, he's good. If he's not, then uh, he's not on the field. And uh, Cam Newton, like, like Joy Taylor always says, he's not a good thrower of the football, so that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But, you know, that's my thought. Right. No, I like it. I like it. Raider six nine one nine right there. Thank you so much for uh, for uh, your 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 father's services and, and and family services and uh, yeah, veterans man is is what it's all about. We do appreciate uh, everyone out there, uh, the young men and women in the armed services right now, currently, and veterans uh, that have served. We definitely appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I mean, as far as you know, D Jax, you know he's older. You know he's got some injury history. If he's out there and available, great. I, I think he'll be out there available this Sunday, so it will get started then. And I'm not a big fan of Cam Newton as far as his throwing ability. I just think it's kind of ironic and kind of cool that he's going back to the Carolina Panthers, uh, the place where Matt Rule released him when he first got there. So that's kind of cool. At least at the end of the day, I guess they'll have more jerseys 
uh, around the stadium, and they'll have those number ones. You'll see them out there. So if anything, it'll be for the fans. Thank you so much for your call. I do appreciate you. We'll get back to the phone lines and the text line in a little bit. Uh, coming up next, Joe Valerio, former Chiefs offensive lineman. Now he works for uh, the Believe Podcast Network, Believe in the Chiefs. He, at matter of fact, did a show the other day with Rich Gannon. So we'll talk all things Chiefs and Raiders as it is that rivalry week, and he played in the middle of it. We'll get his thoughts next. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's unnecessary roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's YQ. Of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Keeping this party rolling here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Joined on the phone lines now by former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio. He's now part of the Believe Podcast Network, Believe in the Chiefs. And Joe, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you. It's Raiders week in KC. It's Chiefs week here in Vegas. And for a guy that played in the early 90s, this rivalry was a big stinking deal at that point. So when you hear Chiefs Week, when you hear Raiders Week, what does that mean to you? Oh, man. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. You guys have a great thing going, great show, love it. Uh, listen, I mean, it, it's big. I mean, I, it is so ingrained in me, Raiders Week. I mean, Marty, you know, even before technology, right, we didn't have Twitter. We didn't have all the social media stuff. But he posted it everywhere, like Raider Week. He, we opened every meeting with Raider Week. I mean, it was big. And I'll tell you, you know, more than just like Raider Week, as a football fan growing up, you know, that game weighed heavy on me as a player because I used to think back to the history of the Raiders, and I was so lucky to have been coached by Art Shell. You know, and I thought, I think about Art Shell, Gene Upshaw, Ken Stabler, Freddie Bolitnikoff, right, Jack Tatum, I mean, Ted Hendricks. I mean, you go back to those Raiders teams that they weigh heavy on you as a player, and that's why it was so tough to play there, whether, whether it was Raiders week and you're playing for the Chiefs or any team, if you, were, if you grew up a football fan, all you heard in your head was the winds of fall, bum, 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 right? Like, it was awesome. Like, being there was so intimidating, and I got to say it was, it was a thrill to play uh, against the Raiders and to be on the Chiefs added had added a whole extra dimension to it. Oh, I can only imagine. I really could. I mean, you just kind of send chills down my spine just listening to you and talk about it and talk about, you know, just uh, everything that you experienced. And and like you said, you played uh, under Coach Schottenheimer. You, uh, you blocked for Joe Montana, who was a former 49er. How did he approach this week? What was his thoughts? Uh, you know, Joe, well, Joe was as cool as the other side of the pillow. That's right. the one thing we loved about Joe, and I think that's what made him so successful uh, I know Marcus used to get a little quiet during Raider mm-hmm. Week, and uh, you know that it was always. I looked, we looked more to Marcus for some of that emotional uh, kind of uh, uplift because we knew there was some history there. You know, for Joe, he never really let too much of his emotion show. And it's kind of what made him great. Right. Um, but you know, anybody, I'm telling you, anybody who was a football fan. It was it was a, it was a it was fun it, it, playing against the Raiders. Always made me think about when I was uh, when we got a chance to play against the Eagles because I grew up in Philadelphia and, and I'm a I was a huge Eagles fan growing up, right? And the uh, you know playing against them weighed heavy on me, you know. And I think the Raiders were the same way. But yeah, the Cowboys I think fall into that family right. of, of, uh, of 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 teams that weigh heavy on you because of their history. 
and the fact that America knows them all. You know, you, th- you think about the Raiders, the Packers, the Cowboys. Like it's like it's it's NFL royalty, right. right? When you're playing against those teams. You know, it was always funny to me, and I know that you know it very well. And as you, we've talked about a couple of players already, but. It was so much interaction between former Chiefs that ended up being Raiders, former Raiders that ended up being Chiefs, vice versa. It just seems like that that whole division had so many players that ended up on on one of the two teams. I mean, Harvey Williams, Rich Gannon. I mean, you know, there's just so many players that went back and forth. You know, what was that like when when guys would go from one team to the other and you were around them? Like like you said, like Marcus Allen. Oh well, yeah. Well, Marcus was the class. You know, he was the classic. He was the big one at the time, right? I mean, who would have ever thought? You know, Marcus would play in another AFC West team, right? You always thought, right. you know, Marcus. If something goes wrong in, in, in with the Raiders, he's going out to the East Coast, play for the Jets or the Eagles or something. You know, get out of that AFC right. West. But I did. We just had Rich Gannon on our Believe in Cheese podcast. Uh, we just recorded. It just got posted today. Um, and we had Rich on. I, I grew up in in the same town as Rich, so we we got a lot of mutual friends and obviously had the chance to play together in KC for several years. And, um, you know, Rich actually brought up a really good point. I asked him about it on our podcast. I said, Rich, you know, you know, obviously what Raider week was like for us with Marty. Right. And Rich was like, yeah, it was, it was insane. You know, Marty just got all into it to the point where he'd work himself up to tears. Right. in Raider week. And I asked Rich about that. And he said, Joe, I got to be honest with you. When I got to, when I got to Oakland, he said, Raider week, Chiefs week was not the same as Raider weeks for Kansas City. Mm. And he said it just didn't have that feeling. And he said, and then, you know, the, the stats and the data, you know, speak for themselves. I think we were, you know, in my tenure and then you extended in the richest tenure. I mean, what was it? I don't know, 10, 11, 12 wins versus like one loss against the Raiders. Right. Right. So the Chiefs had the Raiders number. And Rich got there and said, guys, listen to me. You know, I'm not being a homer here. I'm not just saying, oh, well, I played for the Chiefs. And he said, this week is different for this ball club. And he said, this Chiefs team is going to come in here, and they are going to be ready to play this game. And Rich turned it around. Like, I mean, I, you know, he wasn't, he's so humble, he would never take the credit for that. But, you know, his, the fact that he brought that emotion to the Raiders flipped the narrative. And then, you know, I think in his time with the Raiders, I think he went 7-2 and two against the Chiefs. Right. So it, there is something to be said about creating that emotion, you know, going into a rivalry like this. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking right now with Joe Valerio, former Chiefs offensive lineman, uh, talking here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And I wanted to expand on Rich Gannon because I always felt, just as a football fan growing up, I always felt like he was way better of a quarterback than he was given credit for. Now, when he got to the Raiders in, in Oakland, he ended up becoming the league MVP, and so obviously he got the credit there. But even in Kansas City, he was, you know, a backup. He was Elvis Gerback's backup. I always felt like he was actually a really stinking good quarterback that never got a, enough credit. What were your thoughts on Rich as, as a quarterback? even when he was in KC? Oh, he's super athletic. I mean, he, he was one of those quarterbacks that was, you know, very Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen-like, even back then. I mean, a lot of people know, you know, I don't have to tell Raiders fans about Rich's history, probably. I mean, right. the fact that, you know, we, we grew up 10 minutes from each other here in Philadelphia. Like, the guy, you know, he basically said, I'm not playing receiver or H-back in, in the NFL. I mean, coming out of, you know, smaller school, University of Delaware, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, he said, "Guys, I'm I'm not playing. I'm not playing anything other than quarterback. Like people want him to be an H back, a running back, a D back, and you know he knew that he had the skills. And I think he was, 
he was in that mold of quarterback before it was really even cachet, right, to be a, a, an athletic drop-back quarterback. Because Rich was never like – it wasn't like he was Lamar Jackson right, athletic, right? right? right it right. wasn't like he was going to be a running threat. But he was an athletic quarterback who could gun the ball because he had a great arm. And I think he was ahead of his time myself. And and I think he, you know, I'm not going to say it. You know, I, I'm going to say it. No, I am going to say it because he's a really good friend of mine. I think he got the shaft. And I, if, if, if I had a, a direct pipeline to Marty back then, you know, I might have said, hey, coach, you know, what, what are you doing? I mean, Rich got you here. You got to go with him. I know you've got a lot of money invested in Elvis Gerback, but, you know, you got to get you got to get Richie out there, and you know that was I think you know you look back on it. God rest his soul. Could it be one of Marty's you know mistakes that he made as a coach that he probably looked back on and said, man, you know maybe I should have gone with the hot hand there and kept Rich in that season, and you know that maybe they go maybe they go to the Super Bowl because their defense was that was, that defense was one of the best defenses I've ever seen, uh, and so you know. But Rich handled like a gentleman that he mm-hmm. is, and you know when the Raiders' opportunity came about, he took it, and you saw what he did there, right? Took the Raiders to the Super Bowl, 2002 MVP, four-time Pro Bowl. You know, guy just uh, was able to get it done, and he's and he's just. I'm telling you, he is top shelf, one superhuman being. Yeah, no, I was super happy when uh, when the Raiders signed him. I thought, man, that that's great. And and I I was like you, I I was confused why Elvis was getting so much love and, and Rich didn't. But again, as a as a Raider fan, I was like, okay, that's fine, whatever. Now now I did want to ask you about this Sunday night's game. I mean, this is the first time in a long time we talk about the rivalry, but this is the first time in a long time that this game really carries the weight that that rivalry carries because both teams are sitting there at five wins, especially the rest of the division all has five wins. So uh, the Chiefs haven't really been playing the style that everyone expected them to do. Uh, from your vantage point, what have you seen that has been the biggest issue with the, with the Kansas City Chiefs this year? Uh, uh, their, their defense, you know, they're just uh, – this, this is a defensive problem. And, you know, look, I know Patrick's forcing. He's not playing as well or it's seemingly not playing as well. You know, but, you know, look back to that Titans game. I mean, they had, they had the ball for six minutes in the first half. And I was joking earlier today with someone like – Vince Lombardi's Packers from the 60s aren't winning a game with six minutes of ball control in the first half. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Like, it, you just can't win ball games that way. And, and what it's done is it's put so much pressure on Patrick. You know, he's carrying the weight of the entire Midwest on his shoulders, you know, besides just the Chiefs. But any, anybody who's a, a Midwestern football fan, right, because the Chiefs draw from a big geographic area. And I just feel, I feel for him. I really do because he, he's, he's really taking it upon himself to try to stay out on the field. And it's forcing them to make bad mistakes. And, and, you know, without a running game to take the pressure off, with defenses pushing him to his left more and rushing more up the middle and spying a little bit on him, it's, it's definitely not allowing him to find the pocket within the pocket that he's usually able to find to give Tyreek and, and Travis Kelsey that extra second to get open. And that's what defensive coordinators do. They don't sit around ooh and ah about teams. They, there's 31 defensive coordinators out there game planning on how to beat the Chiefs. Right. And that's what seems like is happening right now. People are catching on and finding ways. And, you know, now we got Eric Bieniemy and, and Andy Reid got to turn it around and, and start to change that narrative, right, where now they got to put defensive coordinators on their heels and, this, you know, I think the Chiefs fans are hoping that this is the game they do it. Right. Well, I'll tell you, there's a lot of folks, and including myself, I'm just waiting for that Kansas City Chiefs team that we all know that they're capable of being. I'm just waiting for that team to show up. And, you know, we'll see what week it happens. But, I mean, it's just kind of like you're sitting there at the edge thinking, 
it's going to happen at some point. It's got to hurt. You know what I mean? They got to end up being that team, but you, you just don't know. And you mentioned something that really stood out to me. You said lack of a run game. Defenses are giving the Chiefs opportunities to run the ball, but it's almost like Andy Reid doesn't want to do it. What are you seeing in that element of the game? Why isn't the run game at least being attempted more? I just don't think he has the horses to do it. I think the offensive line is really coming together, this young well, they're not all young, but you know you got two veterans, but they're all new, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And and you've got at the beginning of the season, you had three three rookie starters, uh, Lucas Nyang being an opt out rookie, and um, you know it's they're coming together. I, I, this is not an offensive line problem. They're an aggressive, bullish offensive line that can push people around. They've got the size. They've got the, their, their technique is all coming together. They're they're starting to mesh better in the in the uh, in the zone blocking. I just don't think he feels like he has the horses to do it. I mean, Daryl Williams is, you know, he's he's good, and I think they were expecting a lot out of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and I think it's just, I just feel like he doesn't have the confidence in, in who he's handing the ball off to. And, you know, there's only so much you can run the jet sweep with Tyreek, you know, and, 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 and I, I think they were hoping with Clyde Edwards-Alaire to be able to extend the running game a little bit with some short dinks to him out of the backfield and some screens. And without him in there, they just can't seem to make that happen. And, again, one more reason why it's putting so much pressure on right. Patrick. Right, absolutely. You know, it's yeah. just putting a lot on him. It is. It's putting a whole lot on his plate. And, uh, Joe, this has been great. Before I let you go, i got to re- read off this stat line for everyone Four career catches, seven career yards, four career touchdowns. Not bad for an offensive lineman. Uh, I got to give you a heads off for that kind of a stat line uh, in the NFL. Oh, I appreciate it. I always joke with people. I was Chris Carter before Chris Carter was Chris <laughs> Carter. Uh, I only scored touchdowns, but no. I, and my first one actually was against the Raiders at home. There it is. Uh, and was was a, was a, probably the biggest thrill of my life to catch a touchdown against the Raiders and and uh, and be a part of that. But no, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, it was. I lived every lineman's dream. Uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, my dad said I knew you'd make it to the Hall of Fame. I just didn't know it would be on Joe Montana's plaque as one of his receivers. So. <laughs> Um, Whatever, hey, however it works, stuff. man. Right, however you get there. <laughs> exactly, I'll take it. <laughs> right, no doubt. Well, you mentioned Joe that you're uh, the podcast. Believe in the Chiefs. You have Rich Gannon on that. Uh, that should be a, a heck of a listen. Anyone else that you got coming up featured that people should be on the lookout for? Yeah, we've had uh, Hall of Fame Will Shields, uh, NFL Hall of Famer. We, uh, he's also in the College Football um, Selection Committee uh, for the for the for the Bulls. Uh, you know, we had. Uh, We've had Dane and Hughes. We've had uh, Rich, uh, Chris, Tim Grunhard, who was just uh, elected into the Chiefs Ring of Fame. Yeah, we've we've always had uh, always tried to get some some former players to come on and and share their perspective. And Jeff Fedotin, my partner, is uh, he writes for Forbes uh, magazine, covers the Chiefs. So you know, we we try to bring a different flavor to it. It's not all just about being a Chiefs Homer right. podcast. You know, we really try to dive into the game and how the NFL is going, and we talk about technique, we talk about things. We give fans something to watch in the game is what we try to do. You know, a matchup, a technique, uh, something to make the game a little more exciting for them. Absolutely. Well, Joe, we could, we could sit here and talk 30 more minutes, man, if we had the time. Oh, but uh, right. I, I do appreciate it. Uh, definitely want to promote that uh, that podcast. And uh, we'll be talking to you soon because uh, the Raiders and Chiefs, they got to do it again this year. So we definitely appreciate and you. I- Absolutely, I'm happy to join anytime. And it's everybody. Just I tell everybody objectively, go enjoy enjoy this game. It's going to be a really, really good game, and I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see that rivalry back.
Absolutely. Thank you so much, Joe. We do appreciate you. Joe Valerio right there, former Chiefs offensive lineman. You can find him on Twitter at Joe Valerio 73 and believe in the Chiefs podcast is where you can find his work. Again, like you said, it's not Homer radio. It's not Homer podcast. It's good breakdown of just NFL action. Coming up next, kicking off hour number two of the show, Dustin DeHart, Nova Home Loans. I know he's chiming in. He's going to be chiming in in a matter of minutes. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920.